You're listening to the Speak of Money podcast, helping you get smart, comfortable, and focused with money so you can enjoy life with financial confidence. And this is episode four. Hello, and welcome to the Speak of Money podcast. I'm your host, Mary Deshong Kinkelar, and I'm really glad you could join me today. You know, it's almost the end of August here, and the summer's winding down. I hope you've had a really good season. And of course, now we're getting into that back to school time. And uh, my daughter starts back on Wednesday. She said the other day that she's nervous sighted, combination of nerves and excitement. Actually, today we had a open house at her school. She's going into the fourth grade, so she gets to move upstairs in the building. Big, that's a big to do. And uh, she was able to drop off her supplies and meet her new teachers and Obviously, she got to reconnect with some of her friends, which was great. I think that helps them ease back into the the whole school year. And with the new school year, it seems like we've got a whole new set of possibilities. It feels like it's we're starting fresh again. And I was talking to some other parents while we were at the open house. And it was funny, we were talking about how much we enjoy the summer break. It's nice to not have all these deadlines and requirements due at certain times. But It does certainly create structure when they're going to school and having those responsibilities in place when you don't have them throughout the summer, it feels like things start to slip and slide and get off course. And one of the parents was actually mentioning about um, her concern over how things weren't getting done in the house, simple chores that the child should be chipping in on or helping out with. And how she was also frustrated because she had never um, set up an allowance system and she really wasn't sure what she should do. And so she was trying to come up with a new strategy on how to handle the allowance. And that made me think about um, the topic for today's show. I already had in the back of mind that I was going to talk about allowances for children. And this, when I heard the parents kind of all talking about it and saying, yeah, kind of scratching their head saying, we're kind of stuck on it too, not sure what we're doing. I thought this would be a great time to cover this topic, especially with the new school year, kind of gives you an opportunity to start with a clean slate. So I thought I'd revisit a post that was on my blog a few years ago. And it was regarding a question that came into me from a family and they wanted to know if I believed in giving children an allowance. And um, at that point, my daughter was much younger. (laughs) I think she was probably, gosh, probably about four years old at that time. So we weren't really, we were just kind of getting started with a few ideas and it was really hard to make things stick. So I had some opinions on it from what I had seen work for other families, but I thought I'd bring that back up and kind of shine a light on it. If you're interested in finding out my opinions on how to construct an allowance or whether you should use one, listen on. Basically, it's a tough one because what works for one family isn't going to necessarily work for another family. There's different family dynamics and kids and family members that can play into this. Personally, though, I believe using an allowance is a great idea and it's great because you can use it as a vehicle to show a child how to manage the money and how to respect money. But that only works if you implement the right allowance system and you stay consistent with it. You don't want to have a situation where you're running hot and cold on this. And I will go over three, what I'll call basic allowance systems 
and how they work and how you can make them work for you and kind of the pros and cons to each of them. Now, let me take a step back here and say that if, if you want money smart children, you better be money smart yourself. So, you know, taking the time to learn how to manage your own money properly is probably the first step that you really need to get under control because it's not great to be a teacher when you don't even have the basic concepts yourself. Make sure you're showing good financial management and restraint so that they can mimic you. They can follow what you're doing. Because if you're frustrated with money management, the child's going to pick up on that. They're going to mimic what you're doing. Be smart about what you're doing because that's the strongest piece. It's hard to teach someone something when you're living something completely different. So you can take advantage of this opportunity to prepare your child for managing their money. You know, it can go into budgeting and how to save and so many other things when you're using an allowance. Most of the problems I see when it comes to using allowances really occur when parents are not using a consistent system and it's confusing to the child and it's frustrating to the parents. So if you're going to keep trying things every other week, a different way to approach it, probably not going to work. Use one of the systems, stick with it for a while. If it's not working after, say, a few months, then look at modifying it. But you've got to give it some time. You can't just uh, start out with one and flip over to another way of doing it the following week and another one the next week. Ad hoc allowances are pretty much a waste of time. They don't teach money skills. One of the first things you have to understand is when to start setting up an allowance. If you do it too soon when the child is too young, it's not going to work. The child's not going to comprehend the value of the money that they're receiving. Understanding when it, it really is a good time, it needs to be when your child is old enough to understand how the allowance system that you're using, how it actually works. You know, when we started it, uh, my daughter was about four or five, and we were just initially just starting off with giving her the money and letting her kind of get a reward for it to see how it was going into her piggy bank. Um, I knew it wasn't going to really stick at that point, and it certainly did not stick. So the younger they are, the longer it takes for them to understand and comprehend what they're receiving. But it was more along the lines of getting her to understand how to count the money and how to handle it. Let me go over the three systems that I typically see and what the pros and cons are of these. First, there is the gift system. And that's what I was mentioning, what we kind of started off with. And most people start off with this when the kids are quite young, where just on a regular basis, whether it's monthly or weekly, child gets a certain amount of cash and it's given based on no requirements. So they're not having to do any work or chores. They get it whether they do it or not. Um, it's just for being part of the family. Now, the advantages of using this method is that it's consistent and it's not difficult to implement. You just give them the money. That's good for the kids too because they see it, but the disadvantage is that the child is less likely to appreciate it. They don't understand why they're getting it. There's no sense of achievement and they're you know really probably not going to develop financial responsibility when the money is just given to them. Now, second one is a reward system. Now, the reward system is probably the most widespread one I've seen lately where parents will establish a list of chores and if the child completes the chores on a weekly or monthly basis, then the parents pay an established amount for completing those chores. The advantage to this system is that there are penalties for not doing the assigned chores and rewards for doing them. The disadvantages are a little difficult to see when the kids are younger, but as they get older, the reward system can be a problem because the child may only want to do something if it's on 
the list of chores to do. The third system is what we call the income system, and it is similar to real life. So when there's a task to do that's not typically expected of your child, he gets paid to do it. So basically you want to create an allowance that is paid to your child for work beyond the normal responsibilities. So this allowance will go up and down. It's going to fluctuate. That makes it a little more difficult, but it does seem to have a more positive impact than the other two systems. So you could have a simple chore list that the child must complete. And then if they do any other work beyond that list, it would result in receiving the allowance. I think what really works quite well is a hybrid version between the three of these systems. And I'll explain it to you. So here, here's kind of the high level. You start off with using a gifting amount to start off with so the child gets used to receiving um, cash. And from there, you're setting up an expectation of certain chores that have to be done or responsibilities around the home that must be done. Now, if the child doesn't do the chores that are on the base list, then the gift gets reduced. So they're not receiving additional compensation for completing their chores, but they will be penalized if they don't complete their chores. So to recap that, again, they get a gift just for being part of the family. It's very simple and consistent, but they must complete their chores, a list of chores. And this can grow as the child gets older, just as long as, as well as the gift amount, the base amount would grow as the child gets older. If they don't complete their chores, they get a deduction. So this is where you're going to have to put on the thinking caps and really figure out how will you calculate those reductions if the child is not completing their chores. Then to layer on top of that, instead of using the income system where they only receive an allowance if they do something that's off the chart, off of the chart that they're supposed to do, that could be almost like a bonus system. So rather than calling it an income system, I'd call it a bonus system. If they do something above and beyond what is expected, then they receive an extra allowance based on that. And that is something you can structure as well. You can set it up completely separate. So you can add these layers as the child gets older. So I wouldn't start with someone who's in, say, first grade and make this overly complex. I would probably start with the gifting and then add in baseline responsibilities that they have to do. And if they're not completing them, then money is removed and taken away. If they want to earn extra money, the bonus, then they need to do something that's not expected of them, not a baseline chore, but something extra that's adding value to the family. If you're really serious about providing your children with some financial knowledge, you should also have regular discussions about money with them. You know, it's when it's done in conjunction with an allowance, you're, you're off to a really good start. By using an allowance, it allows you to have that conversation about money. With the school year starting, I think it's a great time to implement a, an allowance system if you haven't done so already, because it's the start of a new school year, new routines, new habits are being formed, why not go ahead and set something up now? You know your child best. Go ahead and start having the conversation. Create even money meetings with your children. You can always pull back. If you think that you've started too soon, you can kind of just slow it down and adjust it as they mature. In the show notes, I'm going to add a link to a book by Ron Lieber of the New York Times. He's written a book called The Opposite of Spoiled, Raising Kids Who Are 
Grounded, Generous, and Smart About Money. It's a very good read, and I highly recommend it. So I'll have that in the show notes if you go to the speakofmoney.com website and look under the podcast episode four. You'll find information and a link to get more info on that book. Of course, I'd love to hear your questions and I might be able to answer them in an upcoming episode. So please visit speakofmoney.com slash askmary and you'll find a form on that page where you can send me your questions. Of course, I can't give personal advice through the website or on this podcast, and this information is general in nature, but hopefully it will help expand your knowledge and get you moving in the right direction. You can also follow me on Twitter at Speak of Money and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash speak of money. I'd love to hear from you and connect. Well, that does it for today's episode. I thank you for listening and look forward to having you join me on the next episode. Until then, keep well. This podcast and the opinions voiced in this podcast are resources for educational and general information only. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual. No information in this podcast should be considered financial advice, and it should not take the place of consulting with your own financial, tax, or legal professional. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your own financial advisor prior to investing.